Hey guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the Expert Trades Academy podcast. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callow. And guys, before I get into it, when you did the intro, Dave Armstrong just stood up and walked <laughs> off. <laughs> and I was trying to work out, like, have we upset him Take already? <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. We wanted to do something a little bit different today. Normally on this feed is where we're going to be sharing tips and tricks to grow your trades business. Uh, that's what the Academy podcast is here for. But times right now are a little bit different. Um, circumstances are strange for everyone. So we wanted to invite some members of the expert trades community onto the mics to share what they're going through and how we're staying positive through these times. Uh, before we get into the show, we probably should do some introductions and we'll start with the main man himself mr peter little peter do you want a quick insight to who you are what you do and where you're based mate formerly known as asl for those of you that remember those days carry on sorry <laughs> age sex location on messenger carry on <laughs> just, that, just, just, me, just me that used to kind of like troll those chats uh, uh we're not gonna edit that out either i know we're not harry won't let me peter over to you mate Hello, uh, well, Peter Little, um, I own a company called Little Smart Homes in Northern Ireland, uh, covering the north and the south of Ireland, um, and have only recently went self-employed full-time in January, so obviously not entitled to anything from the government for uh, basically £94 a week, and I can't be bothered filling out the paperwork just to get that, so I'm just not doing it. Uh, fair enough, mate. We'll get into that. Uh, that'll be interesting to go into in a minute. Uh, DA Gas, over to you. I knew he was going to come to me next. <laughs> I'm uh, Dave Armstrong. My company is DA Gas Heating and Plumbing. Um, we're a domestic plumbing heating company based in Harlow, and we are representing Essex. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a gif out of that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what, what we do um, and where we are. Nice one, mate. Uh, and then down to Punk Rock in the corner. Over to you. I assume, obviously, you mean me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> As always, I'm Dave from DCB Plumbing and Eating. Um, plumbing and Eating. Uh, repping it for goal. Woo, woo. <laughs> 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 um, and I'm being busy, so I suppose we could talk about that as well. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And last but definitely not least, uh, looking forward to hearing where you're representing Dan Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just not as cool as these two to do that. But um, yeah, I'm Dan Harris from SIA Property Services. I also um, do a little bit of volunteering with Band of Builders. But um, I'm based up in Nottingham, North Nottinghamshire. Um, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoop, whoop, let's go. Um <laughs> I to do mainly kitchen and bathroom renovations, but I am a sparky bar trade. Nice one. And the um, the one that's missing from the roundup today is apparently going to be joining us in the near future, uh, a chap called Lee Woodgate. Uh, and if he ever arrives to anything that we put on on time, I will be gobsmacked. Uh, so guys, I just want to open it up and just let's, let's sort of like imagine we're all having a coffee or a pint, depending on the time of day. Um, just want to hear, like, <laughs> I just want to hear what's, uh, what's going on in the world right now uh, for you guys. Who wants to kick us off? Um, while Dan Harris pours himself a drink, I'll head it over to you, Dave. Uh, what's going on in your world right now and how are you, how are you coping? What's going on? Um, what's going on? So is in the business, it's myself and two others. Um, I've managed to furlough one guy and kept another on. Um, and he's being kept busy every day, but it is reactive. So it's day to day. Um, so if you look at a diary in two or three days time, there'll be nothing in it, but they said the days seem to fill up. So, which is good. Um, myself, mostly working either at home or in the office, got myself a little office just after Christmas, which was good. Um, and personally, it's a bit of a, the journey's been a bit of a roller coaster. So I think when lockdown was first announced, it was massive panic. Oh shit, what are we going to do? Um, but then you start to grab control of the situation. Um, obviously once I got the guy on to furlough, I realized that we could recoup 80% of his salary. That was a massive, um, weight lifted. Um, and then I've started to enjoy the slower pace of things, um, not chasing around 100 miles an hour every day. I've actually quite enjoyed it. Um, and then, as I was saying earlier, I've started to, started to have a bit of a slump um, and just feeling a little bit negative, but hopefully I'm on my way back up out of that now. So. 
And what, what have you done to sort of like pull yourself back out of it? Because I know you're the sort of guy that takes it on the chin and tries to look for the positivity. What are you doing right now? Yeah, so I actually had a really good chat with um, some people last night. So I'm, I'm, part of, I'm a part of two groups. So I'm part of the BNI networking group. So I meet every week with 20 other local businesses. Um, and also part of a group coaching call, uh, coaching class. Um, so I actually met with them virtually last night. Spoke to one of the ladies in the group. And she was like, look, this is what you need to do. You know, so I've deleted some of the apps off my phone. So they're like Sky News, BBC News, Twitter. I've got rid of all of those. Um, I'm going to start walking, trying to get out and walk every day and just take a bit more care after myself, really, and avoid neg- negative people. <coughs> That's the plan. So if any of you are negative tonight, I'm going to mute you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's an awesome topic, actually, to jump into. Like From a, like a personal health perspective, um, I think we've probably all got a little bit more time on our hands. And, and me personally, I'm trying to... I'm trying to do a workout with the wife and that generally means a workout by the way before uh, there's any jokes I'm trying to do a 25 minute workout in the morning with the wife every day before work um, and uh, I've never normally had the time I, well I've always told myself I've never had the time but the truth is you can make the time for stuff that you want to do how are you guys doing right now how are you guys thinking about either physical health or mental health uh, and what positive things are you doing to sort of get through this my physical health just means I'm a little bit fatter than I was to be quite honest with you drinking has been a bad thing for me. I won't lie. As it comes up, and to be quite fair, I think that's both mental and physical, to be quite honest with you. I hide that from shot. (laughs) The big Stella box. (laughs) To be fair, yeah, Yeah. for me, it's just, it's boredom. It's funny that I've been working pretty normally most days, uh, maybe a little bit less than normal, on uh, maybe not boiler change days, but on sort of, repair days just because I can do and I seem to come home and just especially because the weather's been nice I just sit down crack up the beer and just don't even think about it so physical health for me has been well lazy so for some people there's definitely like a holiday mode vibe going on um yeah even, even if you're still working you're probably spending a little bit more time at home getting home yeah. earlier and yeah. like you say the sun's out and even I'm seeing on social media people having beers in the afternoon, like every day of the week. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I just want to crack one open. <laughs> yeah, and I think the worst thing for me in that regard has just literally been because I'm still working quite a lot. When I come home, I still feel like I've just come home from work. So it's not like where some people are fully furloughed and fully at home have got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still feel like I've got work life and home life. So there is still that kind of slight bit of normality. But because it's still not fully normal, I've kind of filled space with sitting, doing nothing, drinking, rather than maybe doing a bit of paperwork, because obviously there's not as much paperwork. Um, yeah, I could maybe okay. sit and do thinking things on the website, but I, I almost, if I'm at work, I'm working, working, so on the tools working. And when I'm at home, I'm back in the home life, so trying to keep the kids entertained and things like that. I mean, it's just normality that's not normality so you fill it with unnormal things that are still a little bit normal if you know what I mean you just do it out of context for no reason yeah it's it's interesting I guess I kind of really relate to that to be honest because what I found more exercise so you you've found a space and filled it with something but on, yeah, but only recently. I think we've been in lockdown probably like five, six weeks now, and I'm only three weeks into this. And those yeah. first three weeks, I'm used to having like a team of like 10 people in the office yeah. that are doing crazy shit and always pestering. And I love them to bits, but they drive me insane some days. But there's always the, the argument that there's not enough time in the day. I've had more time on my hands in the last six weeks than I've ever had before. Yeah. Uh, and for the first three weeks, and I think one of the things that I got dead frustrated by and that's why i put that video up in the in the group which is try and focus on things you can influence um and don't worry about stuff that you can't so then what i started to do was journal every day so every single morning before i do anything i just touch base with like exactly what's going on in my head because i think there's so many emotions flying around i'd be like what's going on and why and then if i could deal with it i'd write the actions i needed to do to deal with it if i couldn't deal with it i'd get it on the paper and out my head um but then I'd also sort of write down the stuff that I, that I cared about or my to-do list because then all of a sudden, Dave, for you, if you get back in and you're like, well, my hands aren't busy on the tools, mm-hmm. it feels like hands aren't busy. Oh, well, I'm at home. I've done a day's graft. I'll have a beer. 
I'd probably advise like getting yourself like all the things you wish you had time to do in the business or at home with family, yeah. um, getting like your to-do list and just having like a list of like 300 items. And as soon as you get an opportunity, just go through them. I, pro- yeah. like, I promise you it's weird at first. It's just like going to the gym. Everyone hates going to the gym to start, but I'm actually like three weeks in and actually enjoying it and feeling yeah. a little bit better about stuff. It's sort of like trying to grease the groove a little bit to use a phrase that Harry used to tell me, like you just got to get into it a little bit, but completely I think loads yeah. of people listening to this will... will do you know what? I, I, do, I, do, I do fully agree with that because in normal life, when everything wasn't like this, it was a bit exactly the same. So you, like you say, you make the... Not necessarily an excuse, but I like things to be in a routine. I am quite a routine kind of person. I know what time I'm going to get up. I know what time I'm going to go to the toilet first thing in the morning. <laughs> I know what time I'm going to go to work. It's kind of like... It, because it's every day, and even on Saturdays, I'm normally at work doing the same thing you get into such a routine that I get up at this time. I do this at this time. I do this. I have dinner at this time. And I find that because you never actually know when you're going to finish work. And I'm normally at work early enough or too early to go to a gym to start with that because I have finishing work at five and then let's say getting on a tube and being home at quarter past because I'm four stops down or whatever like that. And I've always got my gym bag with me and it's always the same every single day. If that was the case, I'd probably go to the gym every single day. Yeah, but I think yeah, but I don't, yeah, but I think right now, and I just wanted like oh, yeah. to challenge totally you. Agree. I think now's the opportunity for everyone to try and spin it to a positive that we can actually like I'm trying to shape my days now. If if you open my calendar, Harry sees it, the team see it. Like my my day, I'm a bit anal with it, admittedly, but it's like five five it's minute absurd. intervals. I know exactly what I'm doing within five minutes of every yeah. day, and what I'm trying to do is use this downtime to build my perfect day or my perfect week. And I think it's a great opportunity for you guys as business owners and all the trades listening is like put time in the calendar to do your admin or your SEO on your website. Like now's the time to build these really positive habits for the business, grease the groove, get into it. So when you get out the other side of it, you've sort of built these, these sort of like business building habits as I like to think about them. Uh, Peter at the top, what's going on? What's going on with you right now? Super curious because obviously going for, uh, we've had a good long conversation like off the mics a few times going, taking the leap, starting your own business, fully self-employed, uh, in January feels like you slipped through the cracks in terms of the support that's out there right now. Um, just talk to me about that, buddy. How are things? Well, it's just been basically whenever I first heard about all the coronavirus stuff, I had, I'd sort of been organized with a few jobs, a couple of big, like pretty big jobs, but obviously then the hotels all closed down, um, sort of at the very start of March. So, I was already doing a couple of jobs for those and I was sort of in like subcontracting until the middle of February for the previous company I worked for. Um, but then um, coming to March then basically that worked sort of the hotels closed down within the lockdown because most of it's in the South of Ireland. Um, they then, I actually thought, well, this is a great opportunity to do training um, do different things and try and improve myself. Um, but then I started getting a lot of calls from people who I thought were never going to take projects on and they've actually brought me in to do those projects because they're like, oh, I can move into the house next door or I can, you know, there'll be nobody on site. And um, the very first week, I basically just went on the phone from the Monday and I found out or worked out that it about £10,000 um, lying out to different uh, people. And I just chased and chased that week and just got all my invoices in and just tortured the life out of people until all my invoices were paid. And I managed to get in around about eight grand. And I, I think since that's a, then, and probably another couple of grand then. So. I think that's an amazing bit of advice for everyone listening right now, like cash right now. Super important oh, for every business but like if you are owed any money and I, I know too many and i know some of you are on this call i know too many people that will like do some work and be like i'll invoice you when i get round to it uh right now yes <laughs> yes yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all uh, the same boat here <laughs> yeah and it dry it for me it obviously we've got an app that we're trying to use to sort of help make that process easier uh but if you're a trade professional is this now like think about every invoice you've got outstanding and get it sent out 
because it's that money, it's that cash flow that's going to keep you going and sort of get you through to the other side of this. Uh, and it's amazing the level of success you have with that, Peter. So once you've got all that stuff collected, which I think is an awesome bit of advice, uh, what are you doing now? So basically one, um, two projects have already, one guy I've just finished last week and he's asked me for another pile of work um, that he's looking done, putting cameras and networking. So I've just ordered all the stuff for that job. Um, and there's another job that's just down the coast from me and he's starting a full smart home. Um, but he's a building site, so I can go in there and work away. Um, I'm still getting jobs. I'm still getting asked to price jobs. So I'm not, I'm not sort of in a position where I feel as if I need to apply for universal credit because I know I have enough there to keep me sort of living and keep us comfortable at the moment. Um, I find it really funny what you're saying that about you don't want to apply for, for credits and things like that. It, it, and I dare say most of the people listening will be pretty much exactly the same. When you own your own business, you don't want help from everybody else. It's your business. It's your name on the side of the van. And we all do these things because we love doing it and it's our job and this is what we do. And we all complain about X, Y, and Z. Oh, they sit at home having kids or whatever. Da, 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 da. But when we actually could have the chance of getting our own thing, we are doing. And I'm exactly the same. I haven't furloughed my apprentice. I mean, it was, he's only on 200 quid a week. Screw it. I might need him a couple of days a week. I might as well just pay it, you know, rather than taking the 80% and having to do all the work on my own. I, I, def I, def I definitely think there's like a, ba a balance of doing what's right for you and doing what's right for the business. And I completely understand the comment about, because it's basically a pride thing you've just said is you start your own business, you put your name on the side of the van and whatever that business done, does is a representation of yourself. Um, however, I do want to say, uh, and this might not uh, be a popular statement, but I think uh, I, b I believe in it, is don't let pride cripple uh, your business or you personally. Uh, the amount of people that I've, uh, I don't want to say I had the pleasure of speaking to, but had the opportunity to speak to in the last couple of weeks that, uh, I really had to like push them to learn what's going on. And it's just like a couple of failed payments with the website package and the office package. Uh, and you could just hear in their voice that something more was going on. And they're worrying about putting food on the table um, that week. Uh, and that was just devastating to hear. So I do want to say like, there is one thing about being commercially savvy with the business. Uh, but if you are in a position where you do need help, stick your hand up um, because I know if I know, like if I was in a position, I put my hand up to the community because I think we just got a really good relationship as a community. There are so many people around you that know, like, and care about you. Just make sure you don't suffer in silence. I think there's one extreme to the other. Uh, and I just want to make sure that if someone does listen to this, don't let pride stop you from asking for help when you truly need it. Not from a business perspective, but when it becomes personal, I think it's really important that you stick your hand up and speak. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think that goes across as well into to health as well, um, yeah. and I'm sure Lee will probably touch on it when he when he eventually gets here about uh, <laughs> mental and mental health as well. I think you know if you're struggling, reach out in in whatever capacity. I think the community of expert trades on the Facebook group is is pretty good as a whole. Anyway, I mean you're obviously going to get a couple of filter through that only want to pick fights and only want to be clickbait. But uh, I think in general, if you put a question or just something on to men talk even as well as a Facebook group. If I think the community in general and everything that's sort of attached, be it Monument Masters, be it men talk, be it just expert trades, wherever we might feel that we want to write something, I think at least 90% 90, 90 of the, uh, the community are, are wanting to help. And I think that does help as well, rather than it being, here's some pipe work, you know, like on some of the uh, guests. Yeah, exactly. You'll know, Dave, you know what it's like when you put, you yeah, your, your pipe, your pipe. Yeah, don't come off artwork. Don't be like that, man. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> pictures and you get forty different messages by forty different people just slating someone about the soldering and stuff like that. It's just, it's just absolutely pathetic. You know, it's not, it's not funny. It's not interesting. It's not, it's not helpful. This, get, this same on the electricians forums. Any of the electrician groups. That's why I don't get involved in any of them because they're very negative you put yeah. anything up and they just lay into you so yeah and i, I, I sort of left all them 
I'd probably be, I'd probably say I'm, I'm extremely proud of the community, the, specifically the Facebook community that we've built. Yeah. And it sort of then has a trickle down effect to all the events that we run. You just don't get our souls there. You just don't because the community sort of like self polices. They kind of go, well, this isn't what we're about. And then yeah. we, we get them out of there. We don't care about numbers. We don't want trying to get 50,000 members. We're trying to get good people. And it kind of gives me a good segue into you, Dan, actually, for someone that's really close to another Facebook group, probably the, the two, and this is biased opinion, but I think the highest quality Facebook groups right now uh, would be Band of Builders and Expert Trades. I think I see some amazing stuff going on in Band of Builders. Uh, what learnings have you had of like what's gone on? How are you feeling like boots on the ground? What, what's your take on the whole thing? I think it's, it's been a bit weird to me because I've always kind of just flagged it, if you like. I just sort of go week to week, day to day of, of doing what I'm doing. So at the one point this year, I got to the point, I was booked till the end of July, absolutely solid with kitchens and bathrooms, which is my main area of work. What I wanted, I've been trying to get into just constantly doing that instead of like nipping and building a little stub wall for someone. So I just got myself completely booked up. Um, and then halfway through a bathroom, half the delivery got stopped um, because they weren't delivering two-person lifts anymore. So I'm midway through a bathroom. I've put probably a grand into it and then to be told, uh, you're just going to have to wait now. And there's no, you're going to have to wait three weeks, six weeks, 10 weeks. It's just until this is all gone, you're going to have to wait. So I was lucky I managed to source um, the rest of the bathroom, but I had to drive to Halifax to fetch it. Um, so then every other customer is then ringing me up and saying, my kitchen's been cancelled, my bathroom's been cancelled. And first week or so, I was like, that's me done. I don't know what I'm going to do, all my work. And then the phone started ringing. Have you had any cancellations? I know we rang you a few weeks ago when you were booked till July. Um, we're both teachers, we're key workers. Uh, we're not at home at the minute and we need our bathroom doing. And if you could come and do it, it'd be amazing. We've got the suite, we've got everything. Come and do it. So I'm like, oh, great. Fill in with that. And a few building sites that are local have been ringing me saying, oh, I've seen your van still out. It's still working. Can you come and do this? So I've, I've literally bounced from... It feels like I've gone back to the early days of starting up business where I was sort of picking up any pieces I could get like to just pay my bills mm -hmm. and then I got in a better place and then I've sort of been knocked back but I almost feel like now I've I'm already trained in that I've done it and I know how to work it so it's like oh well this is pretty steady actually I've been surprised three jobs today of all of which pretty much other than putting a signature on the paper I've got all three jobs they're only small jobs but them three jobs fill a week's work is this, all, is this all inbound stuff, Dan, or have you been reaching out to people? No, it's just all inbound. I literally do. Right. I got myself in a position. Um, so those that know me a little better, um, I owed a big loan out from when I built my extension and stuff. Um, and I was getting really close to the end of it. So from kind of November, I worked super hard to get the loan paid. So I built some money so that I could just go, there you go, loan paid. So I had a little bit of money put to one side to pay that so when this all started happening i was like well i'll just take a few weeks off and take it as it comes um, all my work's been cancelled what else can i do and then it kind of came and found me so you don't turn work away if it's on your doorstep so i've just started picking work up um and i've been i've been pretty busy and i've got the next few weeks still busy but i think the problem is for all of us we don't know when this is going to end. Mm -hmm. um, and people are wanting, I mean, I've, I've been asked about full, like big jobs, well, big jobs for me, like full bathroom refurbs, full kitchen refurbs. And it's just materials. Like You can't get hold of a bag of plaster at the minute. So there's no point me agreeing to go and do someone's job if I get halfway through again and have thrown a couple of grand into it. And then I can't do any more because I come across a part or a bit of material that I can't get hold of. So I just kind of took it on the chin that I'm not going to do anything that I have to put money into to get the money back out. Basically, if I have to spend more than 150 quid on materials, I'm not even entertaining starting it until we're kind of, we're in a position that we know that the wholesaler will still be open tomorrow because at the minute we just don't, we don't know if they're going to be open today and then something changes overnight and they're closed tomorrow. Yeah. 
and it's just, that uncertainty. Just out of curiosity, Dan, there's a, there's, a, there's a good comment there, and I just wanted to hear what yours and other people's views are. When the market's been good, like inbound work, go and fetch your own work, hunting, whatever you're doing, you guys have been keeping jobs coming in, uh, which has sort of resulted in maybe not taking deposits on jobs when you probably should be uh, and not chasing payments when you probably should be. Like, uh, just to kind of go around the tables, I guess starting start with you, Peter, in the top, uh, like as business-wise, operationally, what are the key things that you are going to change when we come, not now, because now is unusual. What are the things you're going to change in the business as we come out of this, if if anything? Um, I'm fine. I'm going to have to raise. I'm going to be raising my invoices a lot quicker, mm-hmm. and I'll be chasing them to be paid a lot quicker. What terms do you normally operate on? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, as and when. <laughs> <laughs> as and when is usually the way it has been, but. With the smart home sort of stuff, I take a 50% deposit and then 25 and 25 and that sort of works for the smart home side of things, but for other products, it doesn't. Um, but um, I wouldn't be good at chasing. But at the end of the day, a lot of the times I've done the work mm-hmm. and I'm looking paid and people are very slow at getting that done. So I'm just going to have to get a lot more... Uh, probably more forceful about getting payments in and not letting them run on the way they have. Cause as a small business of, you know, for me coming part-time in the, uh, my business and starting full-time, I, there's no way I should have 10,000 pounds sitting out in my account. You know, that's, that's basically what's keeping me running. Yeah. You yeah. know, so realistically I shouldn't have that line out. So I need to get more stringent on how I raise my invoices and how quickly I get them in. You, you mentioned an interesting word there, which I think people try and avoid the, the sort of being like forceful. Uh, but 100% right now, if you're owed money, uh, it's important to collect it in. I, I think probably the best way to tackle the way that I the way that I see it, uh, one man's opinion is the better you communicate your payment terms up front before you do the job the easier it is to collect money once you've done the job. I think if it's a case of put a quote in that doesn't include your terms, you pay, whether it's the deposit paid, stage payments, if you put a quote in without that, it's much harder to then try and get the money after the fact when you need it. Uh, I'd probably say the bit, the bit of advice I'd like to sort of add on to your bit there, Peter, is when you put in quotes in, make sure you're clear on your payment terms because um, I think it will just significantly change how quickly you get the money after the fact. Uh, because especially when I started this business, like I just do everything for like, yeah, not a problem, as and when it may as well used to say on the payment terms. But uh, yeah, now I do it's- have my terms and conditions attached to the bottom of all my quotes. But the problem is using. Uh, so obviously, you know, I use the invoicing and the quoting through your app. Mm-hmm. But your your quoting tool isn't ideal for what I do and it isn't perfect for what I do. So I don't always use that for the larger smart home installs. But if I have a broke down job like a camera system or a networking job, yeah. I will I will use the quoting system. So from a terms, terms and conditions, conditions perspective, have you got it on your bigger jobs as well? Yes. But okay. I just I have a copy of it I send out with the email. Okay because it's kept, it's sort of like a Word document that I send out to them with all the information and what they're getting. And then I add the terms and conditions on as another PDF. But yeah. nobody seems to read it. Yeah, so it, sounds like, it sounds like an important thing that we probably need to look at with expert trades is when, even when you just send a quote out, it sort of asks for like an opt-in. Do you know, like view the, view yeah. the quote, opt-in, here's the terms and conditions. Or even if we just add a, if you have payment terms, here's what they are, where the customer has to physically say, I agree to the payment terms, just so we know yes. they've read it. I think it would be important. And we're looking for yeah, opportunities like that. To, benefit. Yeah. We're looking for ways to improve the product right now, 100%, especially in the cash flow position. Dave, um, how about you operationally? What's the biggest thing you've learned, mate? What, what are the things you're going to change in the business? Uh, well, um, the things I'd like to change are... Obviously, the invoicing and deposits. So, speeding up the the speed that I put invoices out, um, because you know what it's like when you're out on the tools. You might leave it a couple of days before that invoice gets sent over. 
and you end up with a massive delay. So that is the key area I want to speed up. Collecting deposits, um, which goes every now and again, I'll do it and, I'll, and then I won't, but I just need to become consistent with that. And then um, a couple of other things. I'd like to look at um, offering service plans going forward mm-hmm. um, because as you found, when the phone stops ringing, revenue stops like that, like it's just gone. Whereas if we had some service plans still running, there'd still be a, a stream of cash coming in. So that would be something I'd, I'd quite um, keen to look at. Um, and then the types of customers and the types of jobs we do. So at the moment it's all domestic um, and it's all pretty much reactive. Um, I'd like to look at changing that. Maybe I've, we do work for quite a few estate agents, but I'd like some more um, because even at this time, they're the ones that are keeping us going really at the moment. Um, because the rentals still need repairing, they still need the gas safety checks doing, um, and then some bigger clients as well, possibly. Um, and then the other thing I've changed already is where I've used to paying out. If I get a bill, I'll just pay it. Yeah. Um, prime example: um, tax two vans this week. Normally, I would just pay that pay the vehicle tax on it, but I'll put them both onto direct debits. So I'm going to slow the money going out, speed the money up coming in. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah, I think it's a, bit, a great bit of advice. Well, I know if, I know a few people in the community that when they get their statement from the merchant and it might be seven grand and it's due in 30 days or end of month plus 30, they'll just pay it straight away because they want it off their mind. Whereas the problem is, is then then you're like, you're acting as a bank where like you're lending all the money out. But as soon as you get it, you're paying it to people that you owe. I think using your credit facilities, the problem is use your credit facilities to the maximum. But if you're not, on top of what you owe and what you've got coming in, that's where you can create this cash flow issue that people get stressed about and get themselves in trouble. Out of curiosity, Dave, you said about customers. Have you got an idea or are you looking into how you identify your most profitable customers? Because I think we all look at revenue the same, but it, like the difference between a service job, a reactive job, and a boiler install for, for your world, they're all very different types of customer and the different levels of profit for each one. Have you ever looked at like what is the most profitable type of customer for you? No, not not per job, uh, not yet. Anyway, um, obviously, I, I I know I've got an idea of what's more profitable, but I couldn't put figures on it. Um, one thing I have really nailed down though recently is is um, my advertising streams. So I now know what isn't what is working, what isn't working, even down to things like the average job value from each one. And how have um, you do, how have you done that? Um, <laughs> through the app I use. <laughs> And Dave, you're allowed to say it. I want everyone to use whatever helps them run their business. Come on. I, I use an app. Be better. I would use expert trades, but they still haven't managed to come up with a multi-user function. We're trying to get it perfect for one user first, Dave. That's what we're working on. Oil certificates, uh, oil certs, oil certs, oil certs. <laughs> so this is all going to be edited out. <laughs> it definitely just a, lot, just a lot of bleeping right now. <laughs> Uh, so basically, I, all, every time somebody rings as a lead, I record where they've come from. Everything then gets exported to Excel at the end of the month. And then I can really break down and look into those figures. Um, I actually quite enjoy that. So come the end of the month, I actually really enjoy looking back on that month and seeing what's worked and what hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and as, as a shameless plug, you can put the lead source in uh, in expert trades. We're just building the reporting function, but you can collect that data from today. Uh, it's been it's been there for a while, but we, we're really good at hiding features that we build. Uh, we've got to start telling more people about it. Just out of curiosity, Dave, just before I move on, um, when you've done that analysis of actually Facebook ads are converting really well, producing average job value of 90 quid, whatever the numbers are, that's like like retrospective looking back. Like, what are you doing with that data to sort of like actually use it to grow the business? Well, nothing so far. But the plan is because um, I've only been doing this for about three or four months, okay. so I didn't want to just jump on something after one month's data. Yeah. Um, so the plan will be to drop the least performing one. Yeah. Um, and then bring out bring in a new one, and yeah. then try and like double down on one of the ones that are working. Yeah, perfect. You're doing exactly the same thing that we do, especially when we're running ads. So if we're running like 10 adverts, we'll find the baseline, remove everything below the baseline and just keep testing things above it because that's your way to like keep improving what you're doing. Absolutely love it. Ah, David. Um, Things have you learned in the business that you're going to change? Well, um, 
Uh, to be fair, I'm bad with deposits. That's something I should really, really look into. Um, like you say, when, especially when it's reactive work, it's uh, the thing, it's going to sound really, really stupid, but one of the things that really put me off deposits, this, uh, like I say, don't, don't take it as stupid as that, as that kind of statement sounds. I, I once did a job um, where they paid the deposit on a check. I obviously took the deposit, no problem, put the check in the bank, did the job, the deposit check hadn't actually gone into the bank by the time I had started the job, did the job, everything was okay, you know, the, the, it's a happy ending, and then obviously they paid the other 50% in another check. So it was completely pointless. It was completely pointless. I literally got the entire money after the job anyway. Um, and I take deposits through check? Yeah. This I don't is even it. take check anymore. No, I, I just agree. Like, no. It's just, it's just, I transfer every time. It's just up in the north where David's from. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very old-fashioned, mate. It's very uh, old-fashioned. Um, a lot of checks. Yeah, I do get a lot of checks. Yeah, I do get a lot of checks. Many um, Polish? I've got to have a go. <laughs> Never thought about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but the, to be fair, I'm, I'm completely different. I would much rather have a check, let's say a job's for £1,000. I would much rather have a check and know I'm going to get a full thousand pounds and take a card payment and lose two percent. So maybe I'm different because you're getting it in the same time. If I, I take a card payment, it's five. It's five days. And if I'm taking a check, it's five days. So, well, that's yeah. about two percent. Is it worth it for the automated payment into your bank? Not having to drive to town and park up, walk in and deposit the check. You are going to get a fee for like. There's a bunch of other well, things. I'm a big fan of like digital transactions. I agree. I agree. Um, but I've recently moved to Stalin, which is actually, I've got it written down on a bit of paper that's something that's already changed and it changed before all this. Um, and I did that in about maybe December or January and changing to that app, mm-hmm. being a bank instead of actually using a bank is far superior because they've actually just recently added the fact where you can take a picture of a check rather than having to go in. So it is an immediate. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Is there a limit on that? Because I know on my check payment, just on my personal banking, there's a limit on the amount the check can be worth, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah, it is. And I think on this one, it's £500. And actually, most people who are paying checks, it's 65 quid for a call-out. Or yeah. it's, you know, it's, oh, I've got no money in. And I can literally, in the house, take the photo of it. Or in the van, I don't do it in front of, obviously, in front of the customer. I just straight in the van, take the picture of it and send it off. Uh, That's cool. My Me saying that I was getting a, a boiler paid uh, in check... It still happens, don't get me wrong. Um, it still happens. I'm, I still have taken checks for boiler changes. Um, but mostly it is under £500 worth of job, I have to admit. Because most people, oh, I've got it. I had it once a couple of weeks ago. Uh, job is about 750 quid. Uh, oh, do you take checks? I said, yeah, it's no problem. She's a customer I've worked for before. It's not a problem. Um, I've just got to transfer it from one account to the other. I was like, well, why don't you just transfer it to me instead of making a check out? <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Jesus, wow. This is your bank account, love. You know, I'm my better using your bank account than you are. Um, so I'm glad you did pick up on it, though, Dave. I'm... <laughs> I was like, this is madness. This is madness. So depo- deposits, deposits for you are... Deposits something... is definitely one of the things. One of the other things that I have changed, uh, and again, it's changed just because I've had more time um, to think about things uh, is I've got the terms and conditions fully on the website now. Nice. So it's um, the, literally lockdown had just, just happened the Tuesday that it was lockdown. I think it was the Thursday I had a call out, boiler one working. Uh, she said, can you call out? I said, yeah, no problem. Went out, I'd look at boiler. It, it was non-repairable. I said, I'd get you a quote for a new one. She didn't go with me. She was quite, you know, nice, was up front and said, no, I've, I've, I've obviously got somebody else to come and give me a quote, which I, I told her she should do. Uh, I said, oh, it's not a problem. I'll just obviously send you a call out for call out. She went, why? You didn't do all. And that is when I completely realized she was the one customer I hadn't told there was going to be a call out feature because everything that was going on, I had loads of work cancelled, just literally slipped my mind to tell her or message her or whatever it was I was messaging her. And then I realized it's not even on the website. I'd never yeah, sent okay. her an invoice because obviously it says, here's in terms of conditions. It went on a quote because there was no quote. And I was like, ah, shit. So I didn't have a leg to stand on. Simply didn't have a leg to stand on. And she is, in the five years, the only person, I would say, that hasn't paid a bill or has argued a bill. But it 100% made me realise that that could have been a hell of a lot more money. 
Yeah, I think the key thing I'm taking away from that is like now's an opportunity to get like all the fundamentals in place. Uh, yeah. Uh, everything sure. like your T's and C's. And again, shameless plug if you're a member of Expert Trades, open the app up in the news feed. We paid a solicitor to draw up T's and C's that we can use. Yeah. Go in there, download a free template and use that. They're pretty well written. I'm happy with them. And there's a short form and a long form. Go and get that for free. I'm um, 99% I think, sure that's the one I used. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is. Um, and just go and get that. It feels like a good opportunity to get the basics in place that you, you always want to do. But it's yeah. that whole, it's, uh, it's important, but it's not urgent. So it never gets done. Um, Mr. Harris, what's going on with you, mate? What's the, what's the key takeaways for you right now? Um, same as, Dave really with the deposits because um, I don't and I never have because the programs that are on TV like your cowboy builders and stuff constantly saying to people don't ever pay anyone up front don't yeah. pay anyone up front and when I'm doing um, like kitchens and bathrooms it's obviously quite expensive I base myself on two weeks to start a complete to start to finish a complete rip out of a bathroom or kitchen I probably stump up anything between three and eight hundred quid of my own money to get them going now i've got one particular one um started a bathroom she decided she wanted a little bit more tiling i said yeah grab another box of tiles and no problem just she wanted above the window tiling full height grab another box of tiles no problem i got um 1500 quid standing on that job uh 300 maybe which was my own money and then we went into lockdown and she can't get the tiles so I'm in a position now that I've got my own money stumped upon the job. I've spent seven days on the job and I've been waiting three weeks to find out if she's got any more tiles or anything until I can get paid for the job. And I've taken no deposit. So I'm now sat here being owed money that I don't feel I can message her and say, look, can you, I've done 99% of the work. Can you pay me? Because then I lose the will to go back and finish it if I've just been stumped up. So I think a deposit would have at least taken the fact that I've lost money on it. I've, well, I'm outstanding my own money on that job. And I've got two jobs like that at the minute. So I'm outstanding probably maybe two and a half grand of money, probably eight, 900 quid, which is out of my bank mm-hmm. that I've paid for for materials for the job. Um, that I don't know when I'm going to get it yet because I can't finish the job until the jobs are finished. I can't finish the job until we've got the materials, which I'm struggling to get. So it's kind of deposits would have taken the, edge the fact that I'd, I've not, I've not only not got paid from the job. I've you're in a negative. Job, yeah, you're in a negative. I think which I know, I know I'll get the money. The, the yeah, and I've I had just that um, this month. So we we're doing a full heating install. Um, say it was like four grand. This job didn't take a deposit up front um the customer through for whatever reason the job's going on longer and longer i mean we're weeks probably four weeks into this now um and i i actually emailed him the other night and said look i'm going to send you an invoice for three grand and um he's paid it so don't be afraid of asking for it Mm -hmm. um you might want to give him a call first or whatever but you you might be surprised they might be more than happy to give you some of it yeah, I'm pretty sure at least one, I mean, I'm talking seven tiles, seven more tiles I've got to put on. I've done a full bathroom. I've wired a shower back to the consumer unit in 10 mil. So you can, it's not a little job that I've done. It's like a full job and I need to put seven more tiles on. So I'm sure if I asked for the money, they'd pay me in full, no problem. But I have that, that mental thing in my own head that it's not finished. So... I'd, I'd like that money to still be there because as I sit here now, I'm okay for a couple of months you before I need that s- money. Yeah. But we, depending how long this goes on for, if she gets them tiles in four weeks' time even, I can go, there's, a, there's money there. I can go and get that. If them tiles are there, that can just boost my bank back up. So it's kind of a little mental game I play with myself that I don't want to have all the money in and then like be having to finish off all these little jobs when really I need to be earning more money when they come off the back of this if that makes sense yeah i don't want to be paid up for loads of jobs and have like two or three hundred pounds outstanding on a couple of little jobs yeah and have to go and finish all them when lockdown's mm. finished i want to be straight back into it when lockdown's done and start bringing some money back in so but i think deposits would just take that thing off me that 
I've forked out my own money for jobs I can't get the money back in. So that's a big one for me, especially when some kitchens and bathrooms I'm doing are in five, six, seven grand. 100%. Deposit. Uh, I, but I, th- I, I just, sorry, Adam, I just want to right. ask other people's opinions because this one's a, this one's a really sticky one for me. Deposits, if you non-refundable deposits, say you take a 10% non-refundable for your time, in this situation, who would feel okay just going, yeah, I know you've cancelled because of COVID-19, but you're not having your deposit back? Ooh, see, that, that's a really, really good one. Um, I haven't oh. had it, I've never had to do it. It's one of them things that you, I've got it written in the terms and conditions, I've never had to do it. Um, I, think I, would, I think I would go as what the holiday companies have done. Uh, because when I actually worked out the day of lockdown, when I actually rung all the people, I think we worked out that it was something about 34 grand's worth of invoices that would not be sent because the jobs had been, if you want to call them cancelled, let's call them cancelled. Um, I'm 95% sure that every single one of those jobs, as long as then people still have their jobs at the end of it and then still have the money to have these jobs done, which if somebody rung me and said, look, I just can't do it now. I know you've given me this. I know you've done this. I know you've done that. We still want it doing, but I can't afford it now. Can we wait till next January? I'm I'm willing willing enough to be as forward as like holiday companies have been and said, look, if you want to rebook, you would not have to pay anything back. If you want to cancel, you're cancelling. So unfortunately, this is the terms and conditions that you have signed. If you are completely cancelling, then this is I'm going to have to send you this bill because. What else? What else can you do? You know, you, I think it all comes down to like I, I actually think this is I like to be black and white a lot of the time, but I think this is so far in the grey that it's all what is your current situation as a business, the person that you're speaking to, what is their situation? I, I think everyone had the. It was really interesting seeing you all on camera on Zoom here. Is when when Dan asked the question, everyone just kind of went, "Oh, that's a really tough one." And, all you could hear was asses clenching, and, and, then, <laughs> and, and it's because it's like it is genuinely really tough. And I think the only thing that I know you guys will do well is like intent, and that's a word that I've been using a lot recently. But like, if your intent is in the right place, and you like for that customer. I weirdly look at it differently from like a B to B and a B to C. Uh, I think one can just be a little bit more black and white and by the book and the other one can have a bit of leeway in it. But I guess it depends on where you are as a business. If if it's going to put you out of business by giving all these refunds because that's how tight cash flow is, you've got to communicate, communicate that to your customers and say, uh, listen, like this will this will put me under if I refunded everyone. Take expert trades as an example. Like I would love to give a payment holiday to everyone who's on a website package with us. But we've got like 750 customers on a website package. It's 20 pounds a month each. Yeah. I've got like six people working on the website team and I'm, I need to pay their salaries. I'm not in a position where we can afford to do that as a small business. So I had to go into the Facebook group the other day and, and explain that. So I was really in a very similar position. It's like, I think over communication and just being like really clear on your intent goes a long way right now. Yeah, I've got because um, your brand. So, sorry, I want to to the point earlier. Your brand is on the side of the van, and whatever you do now in business, like people have a very very long memory. Um, so whatever you do now will be remembered in the future, in two years, five years, ten years. And if you spent ten years building a brand that you're really proud of, um, what you do in the next twelve weeks will decide your next ten years. I, I heard a great great statement the other day, which is um, we've gone. I'm going to absolutely butcher it here, but it's something along the lines of um, we've gone decades without anything happening and we're having a decade's worth of thing happen in a day. It's like something to that effect, but right, we've had like decades of like just growth and oh, I know that 28, I don't want to go to politics, but overall it's been good for like the last 10 years um, and we've had everything that could have gone wrong financially, everything within the space of four weeks and whatever happens now i truly believe will just will whether the floodgates open for you in the next six months or whether you go out of business will completely depend on the actions you take today i'm i hugely believe that yeah so four customers that i've had lined in for kitchen and bathroom refurbishments they'd already purchased the kitchens and bathrooms they were booked in for deliveries um two have just said look let us know when it can be re-delivered. Don't worry about anything. We're still happy to go ahead with it. Great. Um, one has kind of just gone, I don't know what to do. 
um, just give me a couple of weeks. So I know I've at least got two big jobs straight off the back of this whole pandemic. I know I'm walking into decent-sized jobs that will pay for pay some bills, possibly three. The fourth one, which was like the soonest starting, like it was kind of my next job, um, they rang and she was like, right, the kitchen's been postponed. The delivery of the kitchen has been postponed. No problem. Where do you want? Where do you stand with it? I know for a fact her husband is a painter and decorator, self-employed. So I'm pretty sure it's going to impact on him. And I, I said to them, and rightly or wrongly, this is kind of me as Dan, not me as SIA Property Services, being a really bad businessman. I went, I understand it's going to impact you. If it does, I completely understand if you cancel the kitchen, the money's better in your bank than in the kitchen wholesaler. So I completely understand if you want to wipe the whole thing. And on the back of this, if it hasn't affected you like you thought it would do, and you've still got the money there and you still want to go ahead, give me a call, we'll sort something out. And that's kind of in my head saying, if you do have it done again, you're not going to go to someone else. No. Because I've been as cool as I can be about it. And if it doesn't affect them, they're definitely going to want the kitchen doing. If it has no monetary impact on them, they're definitely want to have that kitchen done and they're going to come to me, I would like to think. Um, and, and that's been my thoughts on it, of sort of, if I had taken deposits, I think morally I'd just be like, I work in domestic, I'm not commercial, I'm not doing, you know, landlords and things like that. It's, I just work for people like us on this screen now, people whose money is important to them as well. So it's kind of a hope that they'll come back to me because I had that stance on it. They'll see that it was it was right. So we need it doing, even if it's a year, 18 months down the line, they'll only come one place when they need it doing again. So that's why I don't think, even if I'd taken deposits in this situation, that I'd just say, look, I'm going to keep your deposit because it's not really fundable. And I, I'm going to jump in here before Adam does because I know he's going to bring the business side of it. And I'm just going to say exactly the same as you there, Dan, because for me customer service is one of the the highest priorities um like say like we said earlier the name my name is on the side of my van and my customer service and my customer relations to me actually i found that to be the best form of recommendations and the best yeah. form of generating work um and i know there's there's ways and means around it and i know adam's going to jump in and say well you should do this because business 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 now, well, i'm jumping in now dave this is this is my this is my view. Yeah. Uh, anyone that knows me uh, will sort of know where I'm coming from. Is the thing that I wanted to jump in when Dan was talking and help myself back is he he said me as Dan here and SIA over here, uh, and I think the the key thing that I've learned in business over the last seven years by running expert trades is there is no difference. Uh, the company that you build is you. That like for me as an individual, the team and the culture that we've built at Expert Trades. Uh, it doesn't have to be the right commercial decision. It just has to be the right decision that you are happy with. Like, yeah. don't separate the two. I think the best businesses in the world, the things that I'm learning is when the, uh, you, like Dan's morals and your guys' morals and ethics are then packaged into the business and how you operate. I think that's how you build a really good business. It's not about being a good businessman. There's no fucking such thing as, I'm, get, I'm really getting aggy on this one and this is like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping some I'm F-bombs. Uh, you got to beat these, thank you. Um, there's the a good businessman is someone that has the right work-life balance they want to, the right lifestyle, and looks after their customers and delivers value. It's not about squeezing every single penny. It's just about doing the right thing so you sleep well at night. And that has been like a massive learning curve over the last seven years. Uh, and it's the thing that gets me most energized about business, hence me getting very hyper right now about this chat. But I think it's really That's important. That's where I was going at when I was saying sort of Dan as SIA, the, the kind of stereotypical businessman. Yeah. Um, then me, I, like mine are my SIA and Dan is, and even even roll band of builders into that because I do that for the same reasons that I run my business and that I run my life the way I run it. It's all about for me about helping others and yeah. if I can do that and keep my head above water and hope, hope and kind of pray if you like because we've got no no other uh, way of dealing with it. It's just on on hope that it's going to come out of this at the back of it. But if we come out at the end of this and I know I've kept my head above water. My, my customers have been the forefront of my thoughts to make sure they're okay. Then totally morally, great. I can go back out to work after this is done with my head held high and not not have someone go, yeah, he still took 10% deposit off my mum. 
mm-hmm. and never gave it her back and she was struggling to pay her bill. I'd, I'd hate that to be said about me, sort of. And I, th- I think, I think um, to jump in on that, you've, you've opened it with a question about um, people cancelling and giving deposits back, but none of your customers have cancelled. They've all postponed. So well, one, one, of them, one of them's cancelled completely out of the four. Painter and decorator? Yeah. Well, they've cancelled. They've said they don't want it doing, full stop. Yeah, yeah, they've just said, like, done. And, and I'm just hopeful that if they come... I understand why they've cancelled. In, the, in, in that case, you've done the right thing. As a, as a human being, I think you've done the right thing. There you go. Okay. That's, Ga- Ga- that's the Ga- one. That's Guys. the one. It's what separates us sort of sole traders and small businesses. Hundred percent bigger this, businesses. This is, is why people buy from you, not British Gas and yeah. Boxed and like. Well, the, that's the one. That's you bit the nail on the head there, Dave. Th- this is why. But yeah, listen. But this is why you guys are going to win. Like technology is improving because there's a, there's a level of service that homeowners expect. But people buy off people and sole traders, small businesses. Uh, this is why you can compete with the big boys because you have you you bring yourself into the business uh, and it's not a business it's not corporate it's not shareholders to your point Dan like if expert trades went out of business in three months time but we did right by our community I can go and start something else in the future and have my and look at myself in the mirror and be proud still that's the thing that really matters yeah totally so the, one of the customers I went to see today he only wants a stud wall he's got two bedrooms upstairs one of them leads into a bathroom he wanted to make a bit of a alleyway to get to the bathroom so you're not walking through a bedroom little job two days work no problem he went on my website and said i saw your reviews and your reviews said dan did this for us dan is it dan is it not sia not the business he says and i like the fact that it was personable um that literally coming into this call today it couldn't have been better time i've got his quote in front of me that i've been writing up um, and that was his words to me. And, and I said to him, that is where I want my business to continue to be at. Guys, the most enjoyable thing that I'm doing right now is doing what I was doing five years ago. Five years ago, I would speak to 50 members a day. I've got more time. I'm doing it. And when we get out of this, I ain't going to change it because this is the thing that I love. Like people buy off people. This community is people-based. Could not be more proud. God, I'm so aware of the times we've gone on longer than I expected. I want to do a whistle round and I'm going to buy you a little time I want to know what's the one piece of advice in one sentence that you want every trade listener to, this to hear. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to waffle for a bit. You know I'm good at it. It <laughs> will give you an opportunity to think about what you're going to say. I'm going to wait for one of you to put your hands up to get started. What's the one thing you want every trade listening to this to hear? Because right now, we're going some very uncertain times. I'm surrounded by four amazing people. Personally, I know you all very well. Uh, you're great business owners. What do you want people to hear right now that's going to help them get through it? I'll tell you David, what, David, I, go. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one that sounds like the devil in this, and I mean this in the nicest of in the nicest <laughs> of ways because I think the thing that I think one I, of the things I, that really I, I can't wait for this. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But one of the things, and this is, I, it, I, I'm gonna say it is gonna sound awful, but it would sound awful <laughs> to a customer, not to another tradesperson. One of the things that has really, really annoyed me um, on this lockdown is. The amount of people who I know are plumbers, if that's what you want to call them, uh, work for other companies, plant hire companies or office jobs or whatever else they're doing. Guess what? They're furloughed. Guess what? They've got a couple of tools in the shed. Guess what? I'll go for you an outside tap for 40 quid. Off. This job is not just something that you can do on the side. If you are this job, you need to be charging the right amounts of money for the right job to make sure that you're insured good at your job and have the time and want to do the job rightly. The amount of money I must lose to other people doing silly little things that aren't really in business or aren't really this. And then when it comes to this, I had thousands of people who um, you see on Facebook saying, oh, when are self-employed going to get paid? When are self-employed going to get paid? No, no, no. What happened if you'd have brought your leg? You should have enough money in the bank and be charging enough money so that if you need a week off work, if you want to go on holiday, you can. You break a leg or become ill, it's not a problem because no one would be getting a payout if, if somebody had cancer. Unless, hey, you, unless you're buying your own insurances. You've got, you've got one benefit right now is the audience that this goes out to. We do our best all the time to make sure that we only have professional trades yeah, in the expert totally. trades community. And that's why I don't mind saying it. You know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go on a live stream on my Facebook page and say, why is this guy coming into your house and doing an outside tap? Because that's not who I am. But it just annoys me that 
I'm glad. I'm glad we've given you a channel yeah. to get it off um, your chest. <laughs> and we're all the same. We're all very good at what we do. We all should be able to. And again, it sounds awful to a customer, but we should be able to charge more because it's skilled work. You know, it's. Do you, do you want to know the benefit? I think you're going to have. It's not just about training. It's about experience. It's about working with customers. It's about working in different buildings. It's. For, for people to be just out doing what they can because they're furloughed and have a bit of time on their hands, it's just, it's just bugged the hell out of me. It's just one of them things that's really got on my nerves at the moment. And what I'm going to, my, my, if me and you are having a beer right now, Dave, I'd say if you can't influence it, don't stress about totally it. Totally agree. The one benefit you've got is, I, can I, think, influence it. I think a lot, <laughs> Facebook live stream, I think a lot of weak businesses right now that are underpricing. Yeah not looking after their customers, they're yeah. going to go out of business. And that's, yeah. just, that's, just, that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. People that look after their customers, have good brand values, uh, and do the things that mean they are a business owner and a brand that's trusted, they're going to come out of this stronger. And with all these people going out of business that have been undercharging, ruining the market, it's going to create a lot of opportunity to reset yeah, things. Totally agree. Oh, no, and, and to be fair, I do agree with that. And it, with you saying, is it something that I could maybe uh, or can't influence? It is actually something I've been thinking about for the last couple of years. Um, with especially on here i know we're all from different areas and we all charge different amounts because we live in different areas so obviously lee being a london guy is going to definitely charge more than me up in goal and i have no problem with that because my house price is 10 times less so it compares it's no problem but me being in a in a in a in a lower area when you then get people pushing that even further mm-hmm. it becomes it becomes a problem because my gas safe is the same as how much lee pays you know that hasn't changed my insurance is exactly the same as what Dave's is for his van. You know, across the country, that's quite standard, but our charging's not. Yeah. So let's say it costs £10,000 a year for me to run my business, and it's very much the same for Dave or Lee, obviously, who's London-based, apart from, obviously, property reasons, because, obviously, their bigger businesses have offices. But if you were just a sole trader, same as me, your gas safe would be the same, your van insurance would be the same. If we bought both the same van, your monthly figure would be exactly the same. All that adds up to one amount. Why is it that I can charge £60 an hour for a call-out, but someone else can charge 80 100 120 Yeah. Why is, why is there such a gap that my area thinks it's okay to go and do stupid work? Because I'm not going to say that there isn't someone in London doing work for 20 quid, because there will be. But Dave, uh, to be honest, even if I relate to the world that I'm in, there's, uh, there's people that, because we do brand work, there's people yeah. that will sell a logo for five pounds online, yeah, and, there's, and there's agencies that will charge three thousand pounds to do a logo, and it's and there is honestly everything in between. Yeah. I think I think there is a probably a bigger piece of work to do and work out like what's the prices you want to charge, and then how do you convey the value to your customer Abs- o- yeah, over the price? Totally agree, and there there is a difference between cheap, expensive, and value because I could say a job's worth hundred pounds, and you think it's expensive. I think it's cheap, but somebody else thinks, oh, well, that's probably about right because he's going to be spending roughly and he's going to spend this and he's going to do this amount of time. At risk of this going into a sales and marketing show, I'm going to probably pick you up on this on another show yep, uh, for, for the Academy. Guys, it, I'll, I'll try and set the rules again. In one sentence. You're right. And you went off on a rant. Sorry about that. It's my fault. David, I love you to bits. Um, Peter Little, what's the one thing you want every trade to hear right now as part of the expert trades community? If everyone was having a beer together and everyone looked at you and said, Peter, what do I need to know? What are you going to tell them? Get your invoices and deposits in early and get as much money into the business as quick as possible. I like it. Do do what Peter did. 10K is worth outstanding. Went and chased debts, 80% of it in. Get your cash in as quickly as you can. Dave Armstrong. Mine is about health and well-being. Um, first of all, make sure you're all uh, happy and healthy. Get some structure to your day. If you're sat at home drinking beer during the day, not knowing what to do, get some structure in place. Surround yourself with positive people um, and get a control of the situation. Absolutely love that. Structure in the day like has been it. an absolute saviour for me. Uh, and last but definitely not least, Mr. Harris, what are your parting words, mate? Just for me on what I've just sort of been saying before is just keep your morals in the right place because there's a lot of people out there looking to sort of go out and get the work and overcharge for it because there's not as many people out there at the minute doing it 
there's less chance of getting material all that so i see people sort of selling bags of skin for 30 quid on ebay yeah, when they cool. six quid but if you're doing that i hope you drop off the edge of the world because you scum keep your morals high and your business will take you where it needs to be like it um uh, harry you definitely have to make a note of this to bleep this one out but i heard a great quote i'm just going to tell you guys uh someone uh, a friend of mine on linkedin says if you're selling anti-back <laughs> or toilet roll for a premium right now you're not an entrepreneur you're just a c- uh, which, <laughs> which i thought is absolutely fantastic yeah morals in the right place um guys absolutely appreciate you giving up the time tonight this it's just been enjoyable for me to be honest it's been just being around friends part of the community um for everyone listening to this don't forget uh, i know everyone's situation is different but we are in this together uh, and the the drum that i'm banging right now is i don't want to go back to normal i want to go back to better and right now is the opportunity to truly do that so listen to the advice you've heard from these guys on the show today uh, and if you have any follow-up questions or you want to get involved, head over to Facebook, search for Expert Trades, join the group. We have an amazing community there that are willing to support you. Speak to you soon, guys. Bye-bye.